podcast everyone we got crow triple seven for second time returning champion uh before we start though i just want to say thanks to everybody who made it out to the denver meetup we had a great time with tons of great people definitely want to do something like that again and if anyone's interested uh we'll be sure to put out the word but uh for I think now, we should do it once a year yeah once a year would probably annual be meetup. financially uh <laughs> feasible but if it's your first time i'm joe and my wife jen is with me hello Ben couldn't make it again because he's a, a working guy and he's busy, so we get it. But all right, so Mr. Crow Triple Seven, I wanted to talk today about cymatics because every time you guys talk about that on your show, it's always intriguing. I've seen so many videos and like pictures of the sand, and uh, so to start out for people who don't know what it is, just give us a brief overview of what uh, cymatics is and how it works. It's a thing that used to be an art form that got lost by the wayside. And in my deal, it's one of the biggest foundational deals. And if you look up the word cymatics, that CY like symbol, Rose is killing me. Um, symbol C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-S. So you can see symbol is spelled the same as cymatics. Uh, go to YouTube and you'll see people doing stuff with sand and other things. But what gets lost is most people do not explain that you just watched matter form out of nothing. And everything that exists uh, vibrates. If it is matter and it exists, it has a vibrational rate. These patterns and this knowing used to be encoded into masonry of cathedrals and all over the place. And of course, the old alchemists in their gardens making spagyrics knew quite a bit about it because they know that color too is, could be represented by cymatics. And what, how does uh, spagyrics fit into this? I know I've heard you talk about that too, but I, I'm usually uh, at work, so I can't absorb everything. So what's the spagyric end of it? So from my point of view, spagyrics is the shoulders that modern chemistry stands on. Um, it doesn't give it any respect or any acknowledgement, but basically what spagyrics is, is the alchemy of the plant kingdom. There is an alchemy of the animal kingdom and the mineral kingdom, but the big deal is spagyrics because so many remedies and healing things, all kinds of stuff uh, were made in what is called spagyrics, but it's catching on again now. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people talking about it. It's pretty amazing. And it's weird that it, it all kind of happens at the same time. We have all this uh, new stuff about Tartaria and all this like pre, not prehistory, but the last couple hundred years. And at the same time, cymatics and spagyrics is coming back into it. So interesting timing for all that. Well, but, the world uh, mind, saying, right? It's like the, it's like the first law of hermetics. Um, the mind is all, or the mind precedes all. So you can tell when an idea is coming to fruition because the world mind just collectively starts to pick it up. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So when you said uh, matter forming out of nothing, so not to get too biblical right off the bat, but uh, God spoke the world into creation. So it was a frequency that made things form into what they are. And I mean, you can see it all over the place. You talk about flowers and being able to look at, you know, the complexity of a flower or the color of it and knowing a certain thing about the time of year it is or like where the moon is and <clears throat> how what what talk about that some more because i i love hearing you talk about the flowers and uh, uh does well, that get into spagyrics too then yeah sure you're, you're referencing the book of john which is the one gospel that is not called synoptic the other three are called synoptic or seeing with one eye that's a whole tale to tell on its own but the book of john opens with something to the effect of in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, uh, as you were mentioning, speaking it into proving to you that basically, well, it tells you something about the magical nature of language, but that is vibration. Um, but in the old days, I have read accounts where an alchemist is going to his garden, everything 
is related in the alchemist mind in the natural world. Things have a vibrational rate, colors relate. If you've ever seen a zodiacal wheel laid over the human body, um, you know, you could do that. Like Scorpio would be the genitals. People can look up what part of the body is represented by what zodiacal sign. But a zodiacal sign, when it was probably much more accurate back in the day, uh, before so much information been lost, had a color too. And a color could be attributed to the part of the body. So the alchemist looking for a healing flower could go out to the garden and say, hey, there's a blue flower. And that is a blue flower that is light blue. So I know white went to make that blue, which is a spiritual idea. Darker blues would have black added them. And he would say, so I know it's feminine in connotation, and I know that it's negative in polarity on our plane and go into this whole thing, counting the petals. Well, there's five, so it's not super high frequency. And I may not even be getting this exactly in the ballpark, but these are the ideas that they were using. They knew far more than I do. I'm like a baby in diapers just trying to catch up. So if you looked at a flower like a chrysanthemum, where there's tons and tons of petals, you could associate that it must have been a higher vibration that created all that complexity. Um, I don't know. Does <laughs> I don't know how well I did right there. I was ballparking it. Hey, did way better than I could. If you're yeah. a baby in diapers, then I'm an embryo. because <laughs> yeah. This is all brand new stuff to me. So the way that I always think it's funny, the way that the higher vibration makes the the more complex uh, design in the sand or the <clears throat> or whatever it's affecting at the time. We've heard a lot about how words can have a direct impact on somebody. I mean, if you think that a vibration affects water or anything else, I mean, we're what, 75% water. So Jen's been getting into the plant kingdom a little bit with uh, the way that people talk to plants. And it seems to have a measurable effect when you're saying things like, I love you or you're great and you're awesome, as opposed to like, hey, fuck you or I hate you. And there's been so many, I mean, it's a lot of the intention it. too, I think. Yeah. But yeah, Emoto proof. What, what you're getting at, Dr. Emoto proved for anyone to see, showing that water has memory and you can embed ideas. Um, go look up the work of Dr. Emoto and look at the work he did with water where they would put murder, hate, and there would be these nasty shapes. Uh, they do the opposite, love. And you can do this simply by taking a jar of water, uh, putting I love you on it and freezing it and taking another jar of water and putting some negative connotation. Um, but Emoto demonstrated outright what's true about water, that it does have a memory and that our intention is much more than we think it is. Yeah, it it blows me away to hear about that with the, uh, he's looking at it under the water molecules under a microscope and they're all gnarly when, he, you know, like you said, saying murder or hate. And so is that the actual... Do you think it's intention or is it the actual frequency, like the cymatics of that? Is it the spoken word is actually affecting it on a cellular level because of the frequency that you're talking at it? Or is it really just the intention? And, and you could actually say, I hate you, but really meaning I love you. Would that fuck it up? Or Well, to the best of my diaper wearing ability, I would say it's all of the above. Um, intention is foundational um, to know intent will steer you so many beneficial places. As an example, I know my TV lies to me. I know it lies every day. I know the intent of my television. Whenever my television tells me something, I will never take it to heart and never feel like it is meaningful information because I know the intent that's put behind it. And you could say that of a, a mass murderer or a friend you have that always lies. You know this person for so long and they lie. Well, what's the intent? Are you going to and, you know, accept what they're saying. Um, but the point of it is, is language is magic, which is why you are taught to spell at a very low level when you're in third grade or wherever it is. And not only is it magic, like cymatics, where form can be created out of thin air, I can do the same thing. I can put a thought in your head right now and you can't really stop me. Um, blue ball. The majority of people you do that to are going to visualize a blue ball. And so that shows the magical power and what is possible with language. And that doesn't even start to touch the cymatics and, and everything else that could go along with it. Think of a, a popular leader of some sort when he resonates his voice and so many thousands of people are drawn to what he's saying. Well, part of that is the resonance of his voice, the cymatics embedded in there like Hitler or something like that. Sure. 
good example. Well, maybe Biden's not, not maybe not an honest example, but yeah, because history is a lie agreed upon. Yeah, that's a different rabbit hole too. But yeah, I, I was actually going to get right into that. Is how uh, the what we call the parasite class, the ruling elite. So they seem to be using both of those things against us, the intent and the actual cymatics, because I think they understand this stuff a lot more than they would ever admit. And I mean, that gets into, you know, sound weapons and energy weapons and things we probably don't even know about. But I mean, we know that they have things they use to disperse crowds based on sound, a certain low frequency or something like that. You know what pain, I'm talking pain about? Pain waves, yeah, pain waves. They have them on Humvees where it's just a horrific feeling. Um, they've done things like this for a long time. Even in the music industry, um, bands were messing with percussion tracks that were the human heart, and they had to knock it off because they found that that could get into resonance with the heart and mess people up. The same idea in a different way was done on television. I forget what it was, uh, a Simpsons or some cartoon flashed um, color really quickly and a bunch of people went into seizures. Um, as a matter of fact, not too long ago, I saw something advertised a cartoon on TV that warned the audience that they could have a seizure watching the flashing that was about to happen. Oh, yeah. We just watched, watched a show last night that said certain flashing sequences may cause epileptic seizures. And I mean, they have they're, to be kind of they don't even care anymore. Right. So when that first yeah. came up, it was like, you can't do this. You could be sued. And now it's just like they don't even care. We warned we warned the stupid monkeys if they don't listen, it's their own problem which is most of what's going on in the world, you know, and to get to the point, um, if we begin to act like adults and take responsibility and carefully measure out the things that we're faced with, um, a lot of what's going on in the world will stop because much of it is based on getting you to believe things you shouldn't believe in. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be their their motto is uh, tell tell us what they're going to do and then if we don't figure it out or don't pay attention then hey it's on us. What what does that say about us though? I mean it's easy to point the finger on what they're doing is not right, but the ownness starts to come back on us when we realize that it's so easy, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Humans are so easy to deceive and to lead. There's something about us that is very easy, so we have to be really mindful of that. Well, we lead by example, too, and part of the problem in the information age is we don't control the information, which is what has driven so much of the nonsense in the world. Even when tons and tons of people have caught on, the evening news is still saying the opposite, and all the drones sitting in front of that are accepting. But, you know, we, we lead by, we, we learn by example a lot, human beings, children do it, we, we all do it. And so when you're deprived of a leader who's actually helpful or an example, not even a leader, an example who's helpful, that can start to tip things in the other direction. But as you know, um, online people who don't go along with the way they want are removed, silenced, you know, just taken out. They can no longer be the example because no one can see them. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's kind of, I don't want to say not our fault, but we've been so conditioned, you know, for the last however long that it's not really surprising, I guess, that so many people are still drones because they just literally don't know. And the information is out there, but you kind of have to go search for it yourself, which is what you've been doing and what we've been trying to do. So I, I would hold myself at fault now by, you know, uh, for lack of a better description, taking a blue pill and just being like, nope, I'm just going to ignore all this. I just want to be back to normal, like so many people have been saying lately. Well, you know, the deck was stacked so heavily. And part of how this was done is what they call the greatest generation or those adults that were going into the World War II era were very proud of this nation and never had a thought in their mind that they needed to question the leaders. We were the great white knight. We saved Europe. We did all these things. And the pride in the country is really where the problem begins. Um, because by the time we get up to a point where people are starting to realize, maybe I shouldn't be trusting these people. We've come quite far down the road. And by that time, there has been stuff put in your drinking water, your food supply has diminished, just so many different things coming uh, over generations that have made it very difficult. But at the end of the day, you know, here we are, we have begun to wake up and now we better act like we understand or comprehend is a better way to say that um, because it is up to us. When we get drugged to the crossroads, um, we have to decide, do I go straight? Do I go right? Do I go left? Um, that's a decision for every adult. 
And the problem is, is so many adults have let someone else tell them which way they will turn. And that's a problem because if the person who's talking to you doesn't have your best interest at heart, you're going to take a bad turn. Yeah, we just talked about that with someone the other day about how people would rather sit back and have someone tell them what to do than to you know, put their boots on and go figure it out for themselves. It's so much easier to just go, oh, TV says do this. Okay, I'm going to do this. And oh, they say eat this and drink this water. Okay. It's so much easier because there's no thought or anything into it. Yeah. Now we're back to the problem of good examples. Um, the old idea of the hero's journey, right? That one person who did this amazing thing and became an example for others. And maybe what that person did seemed almost impossible that then pretty soon people saw the example and they start doing it. And this thing that used to seem impossible is now being done quite frequently. You know, there's examples of this in the animal kingdom. When I was in the seventies, if I would have saw a bulldog grab a skateboard and ride it on a ramp the way it's supposed to be that would have been the most famous dog in the world and yet you can go all over youtube now and find even in the animal kingdom there's this whole awakening this conscious shift where beings can do things that seemed beyond our reach not too long ago and this this is the problem with our current generation and actually the reason the episode i was trying to put out as we came on the air here 367.5 is about a man who'd had enough and he stood up for the children. He won. Um, and not only did he win, he had enough foresight to write down how he did it, provide the document he did it with and show others how to stand up for children. And so, you know, there it is. We're, we're trying to make the example available and we're against withering odds because of the censorship and everything else that goes with it. Basically those of us who have private websites can pull it off at some level still yeah until they decide to pull the plug on that too which is always something we are worried about we don't have our own server but it's always a possibility uh how far back do you think the human knowledge of cymatics goes as far as knowing it because i mean obviously we lost it but if you want to just say that the world was created by cymatics the frequency you know turned nothing into something how how long do you think until humans figure that out and when exactly maybe did we lose it far beyond our ability to know any accurate history because there are examples which are more recent almost certainly carved into cathedrals cymatic patterns um, the whole idea of music back in the day think think about what we think is old times primitive someone back then made a piano have you ever seen what it takes to make a piano um, their music theory was far beyond what the average person can even begin to grasp or think of someone who wrote an orchestra some amazing orchestrated piece of music where there are, I don't know, what is it, 16 different types of instruments. I think it varies. I've forgotten how many are in a typical orchestra, but this kind of higher mindedness relates exactly to cathedrals and those cathedrals, which were not built by the Vatican and were not originally Christian edifices, which is demonstrable, like for Notre Dame and other places, there was this magic that happened inside those when the singing and the music and the shape of the structure and the resonance. Um, and I think Eric Dollard as one has a clip somewhere on YouTube where he talks about being in a modern place and what happened when they began to apply all they knew of sound. And I'll take it a step further. Years ago, um, I was studying a form of Buddhism and I was happened. They used to have this thing when a lot of Tibetan monks came to this country, they'd give talks and someone would write it down. And this was not for publication. And quite often they'd say, this is not to be handed out. Well, I was handed one where an old monk was saying back in the day, way back in the day, uh, the way they were moving those rocks that we think are too big to move and that we don't have cranes that can move as they did it with sound. And there was this whole explanation how they built a big triangle with the Tibetan horns, the voices and all these vibration creating basically what we call forms of music or the human voice. And they could levitate anything of any size was the claim. And when you go to places around the world and see the size of some of the rocks that have been moved, you got to ask, you know, how did they do it? And I think maybe cymatics is the answer to that, though. I can't demonstrate it or prove it directly, but logically it, it is a better answer than somehow they had a big crane we can't find anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that idea that they moved all this stuff with sound of some sort, like it's impossible to know. And like you said, it's impossible to know any accurate history, but it does seem like at some point 
the Vatican or whoever else was in charge back then kind of co-opted all these cathedrals and all these, you know, areas and then called it their holy, you know, their churches or cathedrals. But on purposely, I would say, hid, hid the actual knowledge of how these things were built and what their actual use was for. We've been looking into, I think you have been too, the uh, World's Fairs. That, that stuff interests me a lot because it seems like there was a, a point when somebody took over whatever you want to call they kind of took over reset the world and dumbed us down to shit so that we don't know anything about what went on before that whether it was a previous civilization or people were just smarter and then the smartest of them took over and dumbed everyone else down but i would love to see the vatican library but that's a different you know topic Oh, you know, everything that happens here is not lost. If it's happened here, um, it's on the record and eventually we'll be able to access these things. But what you're re referencing, they just made fun of us all in one of the Marvel movies. I forget which one where Tony Stark is at a world fair and he's got a levitating car. It doesn't work quite right, but it levitates for a minute and then falls up or they're poking you in the eye. You know, what is that? The, I don't know what's supposed to be the 30s or sometime around world war ii i guess because i think people were wearing those uniforms but the point is why would you put that in a movie um and not only that look at the speed at which like the white city in chicago was put together uh we had reached a period where some really magical things were about to happen and uh, like you said the opposite happened people got taught less in school and slowly but surely we fell like a Led Zeppelin from basically somewhere around the mid 1800s to where we are. That's kind of the conclusion we've been coming to. I, I wish Ben could have made it because that's his, that is his jam is the mid 1800s. And we just did a whole like two hour episode on the, uh, what was it? The crystal palace. And right, I, I'm right. sure you've talked about it too. And it's just mind blowing that they were like, yeah, this is how this was done. And just, uh, just believe it. And then, by the way, we burned it down right after this huge building. Like, none of it makes sense. But if you talk to, you know, what we'd call a normie about this stuff, they're like, oh, we don't even, this is, you know, back before you, you're just, just believe the, believe the history books. Just believe it. And I can't anymore. And I, it's so hard to, it's hard to figure out where we're going when it's, we, it's impossible to figure out where we have been. Well, it's not helpful. Um, but we may not figure out where we've been before we have to go forward and get back. From my point of view, this kind of era ending age we're in uh, right now, there was a consciousness that was flying into reality. And so much of what's going on in the world is designed to put a lid on that and not only put a lid on it, um, get people to damage themselves with their own permission. Um, and if you go back to even the late 1800s and you look at how many languages an educated person spoke, look at the handwriting, to just the gorgeous handwriting, then pay attention to the words that were used, many of which an average mind might not even understand what that word means right now. Then go look around his den, look at the books that are there, look at the high level of craftsmanship and all that furniture and everything else. It's not hard to see that we've taken a big fall just since then. Um, but what followed was, you know, corporation and banking. And these things just bought everything. They took things over, they bought everything, they planned what goes in the school books. And then television and radio too, they started using this point we just made that human beings learn by example. And they put the worst examples forward over time to where we are now where children hitting themselves in the text te testicles is considered good fun and something to be emulated. How did we get to there? And how, how can you ever imagine a point where someone would do that to themselves? Um, they're following bad examples and it shows the power of what examples we're able to see. Yeah. Uh, Tide pods. Uh, what else do people do? Butt chugging vodka. I mean, the ice bucket challenge. Yeah. These are the same people that'll say <clears throat> ISIS, how... right? <laughs> Teaching people to ISIS. These are the same people that will call people from 200 years ago stupid and archaic, but they're shoving things up their butts and eating soap. So it's not hard to see if you're paying attention, I guess. Well, consider what we're told is the Dark Ages is actually the Genesis time for some of the most beautiful buildings that I'm aware of. 
um, like Notre Dame Cathedral. How is it that we were in dark ages and all of a sudden magically we had a building like that? That building proves that there was a knowledge base that had come from very long ago and that it was reaching an apex time when it could be put into action and create just mind boggling. And not just because they're beautiful, it was more than that. They were tied to nature. They were cymatically created. They were each little piece of glass. There's very little of the original glass. There is original glass. We don't even know how to make those colors. Literally, I saw not too long ago, they were restoring glass from one of these really old church buildings. And they were saying, we don't know how they made this color. So we have to approximate it with the chemistry we use now. So how does that jive with the idea that somehow we were in a dark age? Um, it kind of points to the exact opposite was true. And probably starts to, you know, is that a takeover point when you start lying and saying, Everyone's illiterate. Nobody knows anything. And by the way, don't look at that building, which is the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in history. The, the, the Gothic architecture and all that whole time period is like, how how is this made in a time where people were like shitting on the street and uh, carrying their dead through the street? It, that's what the picture we're given of back then. But I, how do we have any proof of that? We don't have any photos from then. We have things like Falconelli, who people like to make fun of, but Falconelli put out a book called uh, something, uh, Abode of the Philosophers. I can't think of the name of it, but if you look up Falconelli, there's one that says something to the effect of House of the Philosophers. And he gives a rundown of where those things actually came from, all the things that have been removed, like the St. Christopher statues holding baby Jesus that was the first thing you saw going into a cathedral but he he makes the claim in those writings that the average skilled worker only had to work something like 14 weeks in a year back then um, and they could live well high middle class or better and what was actually going on is these skilled people didn't need to work all the time because everything was functioning so well and fairly that they donated their time to create these buildings. That's what Falconelli had to say about it. But he also explains the symbolism and so much more. And look how much different it is now. I mean, you get these, what's supposedly modern architecture and the highest technology and all they are, are big, square, ugly buildings. They, they The modern architects would have no idea how to even create something like that back then. Not to mention the, uh, what we were talking about earlier about the actual like acoustic or uh, cymatic properties of these cathedrals where the organs had something to do with healing i'm pretty sure you guys have talked about that but with the way the pipe organs were in there and they had something to do with the way the acoustics worked and it would kind of jive with your uh, internal frequencies and heal people do you have you looked into that at all we've covered a lot about this you know jason is a musician i've been a musician most of my life and uh, we addressed the idea of how we got to 440 to tune all our things in this world, middle A is tuned to 440, um, often considered in occult usage as death's doors, the double four. Um, that when you go back to look who pushed, I think two or three times before they finally got their way to get that put in place, the same old names, Rockefellers, I think they throw some Nazis in there for good measure just to warp, you know, get everybody emotionally involved. But we know that there were these other frequencies. One was called Verde uh, 432. That's only eight cycles a second different. And it goes to show you um, so many people even recently, like piano tuners, send me an email saying, you don't know what you're talking about and this and that. And yeah, well, I'm sorry, that's not true. We've looked at the history. And by the way, if you get hydrogen devices or any of the modern healthful devices, those frequencies will be from Fibonacci, from Rife. Rife was another guy who proved how important the frequency was. And you'll see them tuned to 432. Um, so for the modern mind, we're thinking, well, wait a minute, you're telling me 432 has something beneficial or symbiotic in some way. And all of a sudden, eight cycles a second more, 440 is bad, and we can't wrap our minds around it. But you see, if you take, and I actually did an image on the episode where we covered this, and I showed a 432 cymatic round plate versus a 440. And the the 432 is complexity, very well defined, and the 440 looks quite blurry and just not as sharp and you know on point as the other one does. And that alone should prove something to you. 
Um, but when you go back and look at the history, it's pretty clear that the same old suspects that nobody's very happy with in our world, the Rockefellers and others, they pushed to get every instrument tuned to the 440. And one of the ways they did it is they knew uh, whenever there's an orchestra, you know, whatever that piano's tuned to, everyone else is tuning because it takes a lot of effort to retune the piano. Um, that was part of it. But over time, everything just latched on. And I've also made the claim and people have gone to look at it. Go, you can detune. There's apps that detune uh, from 440 now. And if you listen to things like ACDC, the, the same punch is just not there in 432. But you've got to be able to appreciate music subtly. You know, you've got to, some people claim they can't hear it, but the most people who are musically inclined say instantly, as a matter of fact, um, conspiracy music guru or flat earth man who wrote my music for my podcast. Um, he did all that in four, three, two. And I don't think I've ever met a more skilled musician. He could stand up next to any famous name. Metallica's guitarist. You think he's good. That man could stand right next to him easily. Yeah. I love your intro. So it is provably on purpose that they changed it from 440 or from 432 to 440. I mean, yeah. it seems like when you're talking about the plates and how the ones kind of blurry, does that affect our brain cells or our, even our whole body cells in some way, or it's just dissonant enough to kind of keep us stupid, like drinking fluoride, or is it all in tandem? Um, these are tough things to go at. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all from older families who didn't lose the older information, right? Um, you made a reference to the Vatican's kind of basement. Well, if there is such a place, does anyone imagine that all that important information has just been ignored down there? I would suggest that the opposite has been true. They've been moving in a natural science kind of way, even though they're on the dark side, while they dumb down everyone else to the point where when I was young, uh, the idea was that we're going to get physics to this one equation that describes it all. It's not even going to be a very long equation. It's going to be so elegant and beautiful. You know what we have instead? Theoretical. We have theories and this whole particle zoo and none of them exist. They just make up a particle to balance an equation. So you can see the idea between we can know these things to be true because we can go to nature and it works. So nature proves they're true to I'll just make up this theory called gravity, which is actually a theory based on a theory. And then we're going to act like it's a law. And then even not too long ago, they're claiming, oh, we found gravity waves. So it's still a theory, but now they're treating it like a law. Well, I'll, I'll ask a simple question. Is a theory a law? As a matter of fact, not too long ago, um, I had a law that I made up because everyone was going so whole hog into aliens. And so I created a second one. So years ago, to fend off all this aliens or anally probing us nonsense and everything you see in the sky is a UFO, I wrote Crow's Law of HD, which says anything that truly exists and can be filmed in high definition, will be filmed in high definition. But as we came up to this age of theories, I wrote Crow's Law of Theory. Any theory that remains unproven for years is a speculation of diminishing value and will therefore tend to be applied as propaganda in support of scientism. And when someone forces you into that box where you have to think in that way, I think for a lot of people, they begin to say, wait a minute, um, Maybe I shouldn't have been holding on to all these things. All these things are called theories. Well, why haven't they been proven? Why aren't they laws? And how could we base complete mechanical works and buildings and everything else on mere theories? I mean, e even things like the Big Bang Theory. The Big Bang Theory is proven impossible by the laws of thermodynamics. And there are so many not too popular physicists who you can find online saying that very thing. And yet, we got the most popular show in the world for 10 years or more called the Big Bang Theory based on theoretical physics, you know, just pushing this crap down the road. So, you know, we can ask, so do the laws of thermodynamics matter? Are those laws, do they mean something? So how is, how is it that people can publish textbooks violating laws and are allowed to do so? And that kind of shows the game because it's controlled. And that's called science, and you have to trust the science, not to reference a certain what you call covidius minimus, but uh, it's all based on a, lo a load of theories. There are some laws and then a load of theories, but we're just supposed to blindly trust that and do what we're told, you know. But, but this is not brain. science. This is what I call scientism. It's science gone religious, 
you know, religion with, with a priest class. Real science forces you to test your hypotheses. It forces you to come to a conclusion where, yes, this is right or no, it's not. But somewhere along the way, we just started saying, well, it's a good theory. Let's run with that. You know, every year that yeah. something is a theory, it's less valuable because if it was actually provable and a so-called law, which is basically just saying nature proves it's true, um, it, it wouldn't be allowed to hang around as long as things like gravity. Yeah, and the, the gravity thing is strange, too, with the gravity waves. So it wasn't the original idea of gravity that it's mass, like the bigger the mass of a planet or something, the more gravity it would have. What does it have to do with finding gravity waves then? Doesn't that kind of throw out the original idea? Well, the gravity waves was just a press release type news story to warp minds for people who don't feel they're smart enough to understand anything about an idea like gravity. But this all comes on the tail of an actor named Albert Einstein. Um, it goes on and on and on. If you find these big names in a textbook, you should be questioning. Did this person even exist? If I can show they exist, let's look at what they've done and claimed and laid these foundations that all of Western and most of Eastern society are built on now. Um, you know, the, the theory of relativity. Well, I'm sorry. Einstein was supposedly a long, long time ago, and they're still calling his ideas theories. That means it's speculation. Theory means speculation. So we're basically using speculation as if it was foundationally proven to be correct. Yeah. I don't even know where to go from there. Uh, what do you think? about? <laughs> yeah. we, go up, we go up from there, hopefully. Do you think the whole... Uh... I can't say too much about it because I might upload this to YouTube too, but uh, the whole 5G thing, is that a, is that a cymatic idea too? I mean, I know it's a frequency, it's not really a sound, but does that have some, you know, measurable effect? I know they, TM, have done several studies on radiation. In fact, I have a, a series of papers one of my uh, patrons sent me from 1977 on EMF radiation and all the problems it causes. And not correlating anything i'm just saying that a lot of those symptoms back then from emf radiation are some of the same ones being blamed on a certain flu going around right now so, so when you, when you go on yeah you know, when you go on youtube and you watch the sand cymatic demonstration where the sand is put on the plate a frequency is being fed into the plate so there it is a frequency is a frequency if it exists it vibrates and absolutely there are frequencies that are more beneficial to us and frequencies not so much. And not only that, anyone who's followed, you know, I saw a cymatic video the other day, but it's basically supposedly Tesla's idea. He'd get this little vibrating box and put it on a bridge and it would go vibrate, vibrate. And pretty soon after days or whatever is claimed, the whole bridge comes to resonance. When that happens, the entirety of the bridge crumbles. And it didn't matter if it was structurally engineered well and all that, but this is true of a wine glass, right? The lady singing comes into resonance with the wine glass and the wine glass breaks. So you tell me, um, are these frequencies that we're using for telecom in resonance with things in our body or who knows exactly what's going on? But we certainly know um, that if it, if it exists, it vibrates. And that means it has a real substantive effect in our world. If you put it on a plate, it would make a certain geometry. Yeah. Have you heard anything about the, you know, thinking of everything, if it exists, it vibrates. So what do you think about the people that say they can heal people with tuning forks and other ideas? Because that seems to be kind of similar to the old cathedrals and organs and stuff. But there's this lady that claims to find this, the right frequency of, you know, a cancer or anything else in your body. And she holds the tuning fork over it and claims to be able to heal people like that. Do you think that's even possible? I accept it all day long. And people like Royal Raymond Rife proved the importance of these ideas that you're expressing. And I'll ask a simple logical question so you can maybe decide to work it out on your own and decide if it's worth accepting or, or throwing out. If I took a liver, say I had two twins that are identical and one of them had cancer in the liver, would that cancer in his liver have the same frequency as the healthy liver? can't right cymatics has proved it because for it to be different and have gross and you know there's there's a cymatic frequency 
that can be measured from any form, you know, form, shape, or, or color or otherwise. But I had two, three separate shows on Crow Triple Seven Radio, people with tuning forks, and anyone who doesn't think there's anything to it, go look up the work of Royal Raymond Rife. Uh, these are the people who are going to come back to the fore now. They were defamed and called anti-scientific, but the truth is, is they were censored and shut down. Um, these people had us on a path that had we been able to follow it, it would have been very helpful over the amount of time that's elapsed. But now we're coming back around and, and looking at these ideas, but Rife alone will show you how important that idea is. Yeah, and I, I would rather go to a holistic healer any day than ever step foot in a hospital ever again. I don't plan on it. I mean, I guess if I have a femur sticking out my leg or something, I kind of don't have a choice. But as far as anything else, I would way rather go to some tuning fork, giving me uh, tuning fork person, giving me herbal teas and, you know, uh, extractions of plants and just take my chances with that than ever going to a hospital again. Well, we've interviewed a number of people recently who are trained doctors who say no pharmaceutical has ever cured anything. And I asked one of them, well, what about like when you get a super bad infection and you take those antibiotics, the word means against life, by the way, antibiotic against life. Um, you know that probably your infection will go, that could even save your life. And you said, indeed, but it also destroys all these other things in your body that are beneficial and helpful. And he pointed out that if you go look at these pharmaceuticals, they, they treat symptoms. Almost all of them state that on the surface. And what a symptom is from the holistic healer's point of view is a warning flag from the body. This symptom is saying, hey man, something's wrong here. And so here comes a drug that masks the body trying to say, hey man, there's something wrong here. And if you go back again to the idea of the alchemist, they will tell you the only way to heal the body is to give the body something it builds itself with or something that exists as a building block in the body. There's no other way, according to the way those people wrote these things down. Yeah, actually, Sunday, we're going to go into uh, some pharmaceutical talk with a, a dude that was on the inside of a documentary about Pfizer. So that's going to be because he's of the opinion that it's they literally only treat symptoms. Like you just said, there's, there's no point in curing anything when there's no money in that. If they can give you a spagyric tincture that, you know, clears up your, whatever you have going on, there's no money in that because people could learn how to do it in their own backyard. Dandelion tea or, you know, all these different things you would never think. And I think it's funny uh, with some of these natural remedies like uh, dandelion tea, dandelion root, there's a bunch of good benefits to that. And that's just one. I mean, we have a big passion, passion flower fruit, passion flower plant. plant, I guess, <laughs> out back that uh, has all kinds of amazing things you can use for medicine and uh, lamb's ear and all the stuff that you're not taught about. It's just, oh, it's just pretty. It's just for looks. But no, go get your opiates and all these uh, what I would call low vibrational things that they give you. And it, like you said, it just masks the symptoms. It doesn't do shit for your, the actual problem. Well, actually worse, most of them list side effects, some of which are quite horrific and worse than the problem. As a matter of fact, it's gotten so bad that you're issued one thing which causes side effects and then issued another to deal with the side of the effects of the thing you just took that caused it. But it was not too long ago that words like remedy meant, meant something, even in the early 1900s. That means you're okay. The problem is solved. It's a remedy. Um, there were tons of very effective things that have been lost by the wayside. Simple things too, some of them like uh, turpentine, not the turpentine you paint with, but the gum of the pine tree kind of turpentine, uh, iodine, so many things I could list. And that's why I have people like Clive DeCarl on and others because they're serious about health. And they use the most pure basic things like magnesium. Clive saved me from a hand surgery. My finger was locking and I said, the VA wants to, you know, cut my hand to fix it. And he said, take some magnesium. Within 30 minutes, it was on its way to being better. Within a few days, I realized I no longer need the surgery. So how is it that this holistic man had experienced this and thought that might help. And yet this other place that's responsible for my medical condition called the VA said, we got to take a scalpel to you and cut you open to deal with that problem. Well, that's way more profitable. So crazy. It all explains we, itself. We've gone the wrong way. There's your intent, right? We talked about intent earlier. 
So yeah. if your in intent is to make money, then you shouldn't be allowed to call yourself a healer or, or medical facility. You should just be called what you are, a for-profit business. And that's funny. Most hospitals are 501c3 too. Yeah, not-for-profit, my ass. So we're coming up on an hour here, but I wanted to go, I had one more note here about, uh, I don't know, I don't pay attention to much current events these days besides the stuff they shoved down my throat, but... Have you heard about this whole Travis Scott concert thing and how people just seem to be dropping dead? And it, I mean, it seemed there, you can go as crazy as you want with it. It looks like a, a blood sacrifice ritual or something. There's a lot of evil symbology and all that, but I can't remember who was talking about that the other day, talking about uh, maybe there was some kind of frequency through the speakers that was knocking people down. You think that's a possibility? I no longer spend any of my life looking at what the media wants me to believe is true but i am aware of one thing apparently a number of people were supposedly interviewed and they used the, the word hell like it was going out of style it was like hell in there it was you know just over and over and over and over um i'm not buying and i my life you know i had a, a guy on named fortune germain a while ago and he said a couple things. The person who focuses on the sweet things in life lives a sweeter life. But he also pointed out that where your attention goes, you must follow. Where you aim your energy, you will go where you have aimed your energy. So this is like a worthless rabbit hole. Because first of all, if anything truly did happen that was horrific, how does it affect people in a different state or a different county or anywhere else unless they happen to be related somehow to someone who was injured it doesn't and so what happens is it blows it up not just across the country or across states across the world and then that should tell you something about the intent of what's actually gone on here um, but to answer you shortly no i don't pay attention to these things anymore yeah, I didn't even know who this dude was until I saw it all over my Instagram page. I'm like, I don't even know who the fuck this guy is, but apparently something happened at this concert. But it is weird. Uh, people will go down these rabbit holes, like you said, and I have the same basic motto where anything that's being pushed that hard in the media is like, okay, what's the, what's, what are they distracting us from now? Because there's obviously something more going on. Like, why are they focusing on this one thing? And the last two years have been a great distraction for something. I haven't put my finger on it yet, but... Probably has something to do with a great reset or, you know, who knows? Where, where do you think we're going from here? I always, always like to end with that. Like what's not a prophecy or prediction, just where do you see the next couple of years going? Well, I think it's pretty clear that there are going to be a lot fewer of us. Um, I think it's clear that a lot of people accepted terrible offers, which are not going to be healthful or help, healthy to them. Um, that's one thing. Uh, secondarily, I think it's pretty clear that the push for cryptocurrency and global warming uh, are going to do a lot of damage. When we do go to digital money, it'll be the largest loss of freedom. People get mad when I say that, but I just I don't care anymore. Um, it's obvious on the face of it. And the global warming thing, which is like you know Earth Day or any of these things, which Jason and I have shown were created by the Tavistock. Um, social programmers, the, this idea that we're going to help the environment, everyone wants to help the environment, but the way it's being used is to subjugate human beings and to remove the rights of human beings. Um, and by the way, you know, nature is perfect in its delivery. There is no lie in nature. And so I just don't accept that somehow man has to step in because God or the creator wasn't quite smart enough to get it right. Um, at no time will this place cease to be because it wasn't designed cleverly enough. So these are all things that will be used just like everything we've just got done experiencing was created for people to believe in. And it's basically subjugation. But on the other side of all this, I expect a much more ready to deal with life generation will emerge because they'll have come through all this and uh, they'll start to get closer back to nature and they'll start to have abilities that probably for most of us would seem magical. Yeah, I'm glad you have that uh, outlook because we've been trying to you know be positive lately and I do think like you said it's gonna get it's gonna get bad, maybe really bad but if nature is a self-balancing system then it will come back to some sort of sanity at some point. Hopefully it's in our life, but if it's in our life, that means we're going to go through the shit too. So 
I don't know what to think about it. We just, all, all we're left to do is watch and try to learn what we can and just, I don't know what to do besides that, you know, trying to get the word out to people about these things like cymatics and natural remedies and things that, you know, people will call you crazy for, but I'm okay with it actually. Well, the main thing, if you boil things down to foundationally simple to think about them, what I like to hold in my mind is that I accept that the creator granted me, granted, didn't loan it, granted, gifted me the divine spark and free will. So much of what's going on in the world right now is designed me for me to take my free will and give away all the things that matter to include my free will. At no time can force fear or other things take away what the creator granted you if you hold your position. That's what this is about. And if they do go too far when you're holding your position, then there's hell to pay, which is the same reason they pre-announce everything in movies. That's universal law. The idea that if you put a trap down that is so cleverly hidden that it is impossible anyone would know the trap was there and then you trap someone, then you have violated universal law. And that's why they do these underhanded things like right before the trap, there will be a sign saying you might not want to walk here, there could be a trap. And they feel like that's plenty of warning. Um, and then when they trap someone, they act as if, you know, there's no karmic retribution or however you'd phrase that. And I beg to differ. And anyone who recognizes that they've been granted free will and the divine spark that chooses to hold their position, that must be honored, but it may not be easy. You better stand like an oak tree if you're going to go that route. What a way to wrap it up. Thank you so much for coming on again, man. We always appreciate it. And we always, always look forward to it, but uh, it's, our schedules don't align very often. So it's always nice when we can uh, make it happen, but tell everybody where they can find you. And I, I could, I could do it, but I'll let you do it. Um, I just released a 0.5 episode, which is for membership. It's a pretty critical episode. There will be free documents on offer. Um, you can find all the stuff at crow777radio.com, C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. And that's pretty much where everything resides that Crow and my team produce. Uh, it's a private server, but the one we just put out today will give everyone a way to stand up for the rights of children. Yeah, I'm looking forward to looking into that. I remember hearing you talk about that. The legal episodes are way over my head, but they're very mind-blowing. So I, I would encourage anybody who's looking for a uh, uh, kind of a an option in these mandate times, go check out that stuff. And the stuff that Al Alphonse does is great, too. Um, other than that, any closing thoughts, sir? Well, I guess I'd like to wish everybody a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. Cheers. 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 Thanks, man.